Hallelujah. Gotta love this time of year, huh? It's starting to get hot, but hasn't reached there yet, you know, where you just gotta feel like you're gotta stay inside or you're gonna just be dripping with sweat, you know? So, glory to God. Yeah, I wanted to speak to you guys a little bit about prayer tonight, and gosh, it's, there's a lot you can preach about prayer, that's for sure, so this will kind of be an overview, okay? Just give you an overview of prayer and how important that it is. The Bible has a lot to say about prayer. In fact, the word pray is mentioned 547 instances in the Bible. And there are over 650 prayers in the Bible. And there's, there's several types of prayer, which I wanna get into shortly, but uh, before I go there, just wanna make a definition of prayer. And prayer in its essence is communication. It's communication, plain and simple. And God, here's the thing. God, the master of the universe, the king of kings and lord of lords, the great I am, the mighty God, wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to hear what you have to say. (laughs) Isn't that an amazing concept? Praise God. He wants to communicate with us and he wants us to communicate with him. So yes, think of the awesomeness of that statement. What a, what a privilege we have as human beings created in the image of God to commune with him. It's a glorious thing, you know, it's not an arduous thing or something you have to do on Sunday, well. No, it's, it's a glorious thing for every moment of our lives, all the time. Hallelujah. Just think, you know, I mean, when's the last time you had the president want to have an audience with you? And we're talking about Jesus Christ. We're talking about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He does want to have an audience with you. So why does he want us to communicate to him? Because he wants relationship. Relationship. And you know what? Since we're made in his image, we want relationship. That's what we want too. So it's a mutually beneficial situation. He's an awesome God. Because he wants relationship, God wants to relate to us and we to relate to him. And why is that? Because he loves us. It's just plain and simple. It's nothing that's really hard to understand. He just flat out loves us. He wants to relate to us all that he is so that he can bless us. That's what he wants to do because he loves us. And so we gotta make sure in our lives that we're getting the proper order in our lives because we are created to serve as well. You know, we're created to, to give and to serve. But here's the thing. We don't love because we serve. We serve because we love. And we love because he first loved us. And that's a glorious thing. And it's a privilege and an honor to just, you know, mirror what the Lord wants to do or what the Lord is, his own uh, essence, his own character and nature. So another way that, that, uh, and let me say this too before I move on, what separates Christianity from religion is that fact that we love God and and we serve God because we love him. It's not the other way around. That's what separates us from religion because religion is all about just uh, doing what you can to impress God 
or impress others and doing everything you can to earn that spot. You know, if I can just uh, do this and do that. I mean, all these religions have their, have their uh, run up the ladder of what you can do so that you're you know, more spiritual or you've arrived or you're closer to the destination than maybe somebody else. And so it's all about you and what you can do. And how many of us know that there's nothing you can do all you can do is say, thank you, thank you. That's it, because it's all about him. He's the one that did it all. And what a glorious relief that is. If you think about it, we don't have to perform. You know, we don't have to try to impress him or impress anybody else. <laughs> Glory to God, we can just live free in him. Be who we are. I mean, you just think of children. They're, they're so free. You know, I have a granddaughter named Olivia. She's four years old. And we, we just laugh all the time because she's just hilarious. You know, the things that she says, she, she's not thinking, oh, how is this going to come across? You know, she just blurts it out. And it's pretty funny most of the time. And then there's sometimes you say, well, uh, hold on, you know, <laughs> let's not do that. But anyway, uh, God's an awesome God, and he wants to connect with us, and that, that's the next thing I wanted to say. Communication is plain and simple connection. God wants to connect with us and us with him. No setting appointments, not just on Sundays or Wednesday nights. He wants to connect with us all the time. I mean, there's never a lull. You know, we don't go into another room and he's not there. He wants to connect with us wherever we are, whatever we're doing. And it doesn't have to be some deep spiritual thing just all the time, you know. We have those deep spiritual moments, you know, where we're really intimate with him, we're worshiping him, we're just totally focused on him. But there's lots of moments where we have other responsibilities and God understands that. He just wants there to, you know, to be there with us. And for us to, you know, essentially be side by side with him in everything that we do. And so these are very simple concepts, but this is, you know, this is the essence of prayer. This is what it is to commune with God. It's an awesome thing. It's what a privilege that it is. So the first passage I want to open up to is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I'll try to go to these places fast because I've got a few uh, references that I want to go over. So, okay, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and reading at verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, everybody's searching for the will of God. You know, got to know the will of God. And that's a good thing. I'm not making fun of it. But really, in its simplicity, the will of God is for us to give thanks and to trust him. And there's, I tell you what, it's, it's really better for us when we go through trials and tribulations because that's where the growth is. When things are going smooth and you don't have anything to worry about, you know, that's where it's easy to coast. I mean, that's just kind of human nature. So that's why it says in James to count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations because the, uh, 
Well, I'm, I'll paraphrase. Because the working of your faith produces patience. It produces patience in our lives, which is another virtue of, of his nature. Glory to God. So, I like this verse where it talks about rejoicing always. I mean, that means there's never a time where rejoicing shouldn't be a part of how we live. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And, you know, maybe at first glance that can be puzzling. What does that exactly mean? Praying without ceasing. That's just really just a matter of connecting with God all the time. So it doesn't have to be something where you're muttering actual words, you know, but there, there is a, just if you can have the thought and just the uh, realization that being with him is not an in and out thing like it is, you know, with your spouse or with other family members where everybody's in the living room or in the dining room, so we're gonna, gonna have supper, and then everybody goes to their bedroom you know, and we're all separate and apart from one another. And it's not that way. He's with us all the time. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And there is such an awesome thing with that. If we, if we catch the realization of that, it keeps us, where does it keep us? It keeps us in a realm of peace. We can have peace, just like Jesus did, right in the middle of the storm, when things are at their worst and the situation looks dire, Man, that's a good place to be because he is the Lord and he will come through and he will be glorified. Yes, amen to that. So don't stop connecting with God. The next passage I want to go to is in, in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Here it is again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. He already said that to the Thessalonians. Now Paul's saying it to the Philippians. He's wanting to get this point across. Let your gentleness, gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. That's kind of an interesting verse to throw right in the middle there, isn't it? <laughs> Let your gentleness uh, be evident. And uh, I looked at another translation, and it basically was saying, be considerate you know, being considerate of others in that place where you're just, you know, manifesting God's nature. You know, the, the fruit of the Spirit is, is gentleness and, and being considerate, being uh, mindful of your fellow man. Um, and then verse six, it says, be anxious for nothing. Now, if we uh, interpret that in more modern day vernacular, what we can say is don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. So uh, if we, if we uh, asked everybody in, in, the, in the house here tonight, uh, how long have you gone without being anxious about something? I, w I wonder what we'd say. <laughs> we don't want to go there, right? <laughs> but, you know, it's, and there's no condemnation because God knows that we, that we do war and we grow and so he's patient with us, praise God. But, you know, not being anxious about anything, that's, uh, you know, that's not a suggestion. That's what he's telling us to do. And obviously, if he's, if he's telling us to do that, then we can do that. We can. We can do that. 
So don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And that word supplication basically is, is just a, more of a humble entreaty. I know supplication isn't something we typically use today, but that, that's what it means, is a humble entreaty. Um, so in everything by prayer and with a humble entreaty, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here we go. You know, whenever God uh, gives us a command and he gives us uh, something to follow, he, he gives the blessing right behind it. He says, so this is what it'll do, it'll do for you, okay? So, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. In other words, it don't make sense, <laughs> you know, because look what's happening here. But I got the peace of God. And this is possible. These things are reality. This is the way God lives. You think all the things that he could be worried about, you know, but he's not, and he's not wringing his hands. He's not breaking a sweat. And so he says, us being his, in his image, we can achieve that too through him. We can live that way. So, uh, so being thankful is a huge part of, uh, of the prayer. So when we give our prayers, we give them with thanksgiving, letting our requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God in verse seven, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Praise God. So rejoice, says the man in prison. You know, when Paul wrote this book, he's in prison. <laughs> you know, he wasn't in a good spot in the natural. If he evaluated his life and the success of his life by what was around him and what he was living in and where he was at, he could consider it a complete failure. But the fact is he was in total victory. I mean, here's the guy in prison. I'm sure he was probably in chains. They didn't have TVs in these prisons. I mean, these are more like dungeons, you know, back in those days. So it was dire. And, and he was praising God. Doesn't that say a lot? That's amazing. And it's, it's really cool that, that we can do that. We have the opportunity and the possibility to live at that level. So rejoice, says the man in prison. Rejoicing is also connecting to God. Prayer and praise and worship are very much intertwined. It's because it's talking to God. You know, when you're praising and worshiping God, you're still talking to God. You're just doing it through song. And so, wow, you know, it's, uh, it's an awesome thing. Prayer is powerful, you guys. It is powerful. It's not religious. It doesn't just put you in good standing with God. You know, you've done your duty. No, it, it is speaking forth the word of God. It's praying forth the will of God and the word of God in your situation and on the earth. That's what prayer is. And it's powerful, you guys. Just like praise and worship is powerful. You know, you think about, I think about in the Bible, the example of Paul and Silas, and I didn't go there to find the passage, but you can certainly look that up. Paul and Silas were out preaching the gospel, just doing good, right? And they weren't causing a ruckus or, you know, being violent, or causing a riot. They were just preaching the word of God out of love. So what'd they get? They got beaten for it. 
Um, so they, they were beaten and thrown in jail and with shackles on. So much like what uh, Paul had experienced, these guys were, well, much what, like what Paul had experienced by himself, well now he's got Silas with him. So at least he's got company. So uh, anyway, uh, they're just in jail there. You know, that would be a great opportunity to just say, I mean, here we were preaching. Here we were being obedient to the Holy Spirit, giving the word out, you know, laying down our lives and doing everything we can for the Lord. And this is what we get. I thought I was doing the right thing here. What's going on? You know, why am I in jail? How am I going to preach in jail? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Your mind, once you go down that road, boy, the devil is really good to start whispering in your ear and say, yeah, and what about this? And what about this? And give you all these examples of why you should be offended or upset, you know. That's, that's what he does. And yet, these guys chose to be in faith and to rejoice. So when, when he said rejoice, and the Lord always, he knew what he was talking about. And that's what he did. That's the way he lived, and that's the victory that he experienced. And so we all know, with Paul and Silas, as they did that, I think the Bible says, at midnight, I believe is, is correct, that the whole prison shook, and their chains were loosened, Glory to God. You want to see some awesome things? Just, you know, let, let, uh, let things happen. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, we don't have to fear and, and dread things happening. Let things happen in your life, understanding that you can have the boldness and the confidence to go forward. You don't have to worry about every piece being just right. You can have the boldness and the confidence going forward knowing that God has your back. And it's really in the greatest time of your need is, is the greatest deliverance that you've got. You know, the greatest victory. He's an awesome God. He's never mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you sow rejoicing, I, I guarantee you, God's gonna listen to that. He's gonna hear that. And he's going to set you free. Whatever you're dealing with, he's going to set you free through that simple rejoicing. You know, it's, it's nothing hard. You don't have to be a Bible scholar, have a degree, you know, in Bible college, nothing like that. It's just a matter of making that decision. And the way you are able to make that decision is by getting in his word constantly Letting your mind just be washed with the water of the word is what the Bible says. And as you do that, that empowers you. That puts something in you that wasn't there before. And that enables you to walk on the water, so to speak. And probably literally if you had to. Um, Jesus did, so you could do it too. So, you know, no, no boundaries there, no, no restrictions. Hallelujah. So that's, that's kind of a definition of prayer as, as an overview, and I think we, we really kind of know that, but it's good to, to define it and just break it down a little bit. So let me give you um, just a, a few types of prayer that I have in my notes here. And on some of these, 
um, I will probably not embellish as much as on others that I feel like need more emphasis. But there are different types of prayer. The first type of prayer is the prayer of petition. And this is simply bringing our request to God. Prayer of petition. Philippians 4, 6 again. Um, Just going right back to that, it talks about how God is really delighted when we bring those prayers to him. And so he can give us his peace, the reward of his peace when we trust in him. So what a wonderful privilege it is to bring everything to God. And he wants us to bring everything to him. This is probably the most common type of prayer that people pray is the prayer of petition. You know, and that's okay. God's all for it. Um, I think I would say that it, uh, it's important to make sure that this isn't the only prayer that we pray if we just want something. And it's okay to want things, and especially things that are godly. But certainly we don't want to just stay at the level of petition. I mean, if you can imagine, I, I like to liken uh, my relationship with God as very symbolic in, in our marriage, you know, for our uh, one spouse with the other. And so if you have, if I, I just, I take these principles and I think, okay, what if I uh, was this way towards my wife? Uh, where I just petitioned her all the time, and, and that was it, we'd probably be having a talk after a while. <laughs> because there's more, right? I mean, if you're going to have a relationship, there's more. And that's the way it is with God. He wants to relate with us, you guys. He wants to know us. I mean, he does know us, but he wants us to reveal to him ourselves. You know, to let him know us and to offer um, our thoughts and our needs and, and our expression to him. Hallelujah. So that's the prayer of petition. The second thing is the prayer of agreement. And I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 18 and take a look. I try to just uh, uh, have some scripture for each of these points just to show that they're just right out of the word of God here. So... Um, The prayer of agreement in Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Jesus is speaking and he says, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. There's another verse that I won't turn to, but... I'll just basically uh, paraphrase what it says, and that's found in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 30. If one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. And that just shows the exponential power that God assigns to our prayers. Our prayers mean something. When they go out, there's something that happens that takes place in the spiritual realm. It, It makes a difference. Something happens in the spiritual realm when, we, when we're praying in faith and we're speaking the word of God, the will of God in our prayers. It makes a difference. Something happens. And we can count on that. And we'll go to a verse that kind of backs that up here in just a moment. So exponential power. The prayer of agreement. How, how important it is. You know, there's just something about it uh, when, when a whole 
uh, congregation gets together, you know, the prayer of agreement is corporate prayer. And when we get everybody together and we have a prayer meeting, there's something about that that carries more weight, doesn't it? It's just God loves teamwork. You know, he, he loves it when people work together because it shows uh, when people can work together and, you know, we have a sense of cooperation and, and a sense of mutual vision, there is something that takes place there. It's a mighty thing. It makes the devil tremble. He, he knows when we're catching it. He knows when we're getting the truth and it's, you know, starting to bear fruit in our heart. We get more bold and we get excited and we want to see the will of God done. So we start taking steps to see that happen. And yeah, the kingdom of darkness doesn't like that. You know why? Because Satan has no power, literally no power over us at all. Glory to God. The only thing he, he has power to do, which isn't really power, but it's just a technique, is to deceive. So if, I mean, it just amazes me if, if you ever watch the news and all this stuff, and I would say, just don't watch the news. And I, you know, I used to watch the news a lot. I don't watch it as much anymore. I'm kind of getting weaned off of it just because, well, you know, it's just awful. It really is. But, you know, um, what was I going to say about that now? I got myself off track. Okay, where was I? The prayer of agreement. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it'll come to me. It was a good point, I promise you. I don't have it on my notes, so I, I can't think what it was. So anyway, I'll come back to that if I think of it. Um, so anyway, corporate prayer and the, the team mentality, there's just something about that that is really pleasing to God. And I don't know if you've ever been to a professional game. You know, I, I like football, and so I've been to several professional football games. And if you get in a stadium with 80,000 people, it is truly amazing. I mean, it's inspiring, you know? It, it's exciting. You want to jump right in and, yeah, you know? And it's just, uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And, and that's the way that it should be with us. You know, the devil is a liar, he's a deceiver, and he knows he ain't got nothing. And so all we have to do is stand. The devil's good at manipulating. See, there's where, there's where I was going. I was talking about the politics and the news and all this stuff, and the manipulation, that, that was gonna be my point. So I, I'm glad, thank you, Lord, you got me back to that. So it's amazing how people that are in power or they're you know, in politics, they know how to take words and just twist the heck out of them. You know, just, uh, you can take a, a certain topic and they can spin it however they want to to make it sound however they want it to sound. It's just, and it's really sad because it's manipulation. Um, bottom line is, it's witchcraft. You wanna be you know, honest about it, that's what it is, it's just garbage. But uh, anyway, the great news, is that we don't have to be subject to that. We, we can live above that. We can live in the truth of God's word, and he has promised us that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, glory to God. We're not powerless. Sometimes it seems like it, it feels like it, but we're not powerless. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind, and every one of those is an important facet.
we have power and we have love. I mean, that's really the reason for it all. That's the point. You know, love, that's, God is love. And thirdly, we have a sound mind. You know, we're, we're not confused. God is not the author of confusion. I'm telling you, he, he has good things in store and they're things that have to do with peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So that's number two. Number three is the prayer of thanksgiving and worship. I talked about how uh, prayer is much like thanksgiving and worship. So in Psalm chapter 100, I'll just read one passage here quickly to illustrate this. Okay. Okay, Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Glory to God. That's so good. (laughs) That just, whenever I read this kind of stuff, it makes me want to do that. You know, it's, yes, the Lord is good. Praise God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. This sounds like a party, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. Know that the Lord, he is God. There's none other. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And here we go in verse four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's the first step. That's where you start getting into his presence. The first step there. And into his courts with praise. You know, there's just something about it when you're giving thanks to God. The next thing you wanna do is you're, you're starting to realize how blessed you really are. I mean, if, if you stop and think about it, sometimes we do that, right? Uh, we'll just stop and, and something will, will click with us and we'll go, wow, you know, man, we're so blessed. And then you can go down that path and you can think of all the things that God's blessed you with, you know? And all the things that are good and how important that is to focus on those things, the things that are good, think on those things. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. It never stops. It never fails. So that's the prayer of thanksgiving and worship. And I want to exhort you guys, you know, read the Psalms. The Psalms are just full I mean, you know, basically the Psalms are, are just a prayer in, in, in song form. You know, if you read the Psalms, a lot of times, most of them are, are from King David. There's some of them that aren't, but most of them are. And if you read those, you'll see that King David was very honest. He didn't pretend he didn't have problems. He didn't pretend there, there weren't obstacles. Oh, he told God about it. He did. He was completely honest. You know, I'm wretched and I feel awful and these people come against me and, you know, I'm a worm and not a man, you know, these kind of things. And, uh, and, and so, you know, he, he's honest with God. Here's the thing. When, when he pours out his heart, God, oh, he, he's venting, right? He's unloading. He's taken the care and the burden and he's going, here, I can't take it anymore. You take it. And that's exactly what God wants them to do, wants us to do. We're not designed to handle what life throws at us. It'll warp you. 
It will. If you try to handle it and live on your own strength, it just, you know, it just messes things up and, and it, there's a deficit there. But when you cast your care on the Lord, it just all the more brings you into a place where he, you're just getting more and more dependent upon him all the time. And you just realize every situation, you start being reflexive in turning to the Lord and not just doing it as a last resort, right? You know, it's like, well, we've done everything we can do. I guess we'll have to pray now, you know. And it's like, no, start out there first. And uh, so anyway, yeah, how important it is to read the Psalms because uh, there's such reality. You know, David wasn't being religious. He was very honest with God. But here's the thing that I see in the Psalms that he, that he wrote and that's in the Bible when he, when he shares his heart with God, casts his care on the Lord, the next thing he does is, is basically says, this is what I'm gonna do, Lord. Now that I've poured out my heart before you, you are the Lord, and I'm gonna trust you, and I know you'll bring me through. And he, you know what he does? He starts strengthening himself in the Lord, not in his own might. You remember the story of, of King David before he uh, took the throne of Israel and he had his 400 mighty men and they had battled and they were weary and exhausted. They come back home and their towns burnt down. All the women and children are gone. Just think how you would feel if you were the leader of that group of guys and that was what happened. I mean, you, you just want to crawl in a hole you know, just being totally exhausted and weary, the, the only thing you can do is either run or you turn to God with all your heart. And that's what he did. And of course, we understand from the story that the Lord uh, delivered them, got all his, uh, all the wives and children came back. The Lord caused them to prevail. So the Psalms are just a, a real blessing because they show us our, our attitude and our expression to God. And that's something I wanna make a point of as well, that it's very important to God that we express ourselves. He's given us emotion. We have emotion. It's not there to rule us, and we're just, you know, every time we feel something, we just go that way and go with that feeling, now, we don't let feelings dictate and tell us how we're going to be, but we, we let that, that emotion that's in us be a power source to just point it all to Jesus, to just, you know, there's something about it if you say, well, praise God, praise the Lord, or if you say, praise God, you know, there's power there. It just, it, it does something on the inside of you, and that's why he says to shout to the Lord, God's not nervous. He likes it when we shout. He likes it when we express, you know. And, uh, I mean, we all have seen, there's things that, that we can express because we like something on the earth, and that's okay. You know, of course, I always think about football games, that kind of thing. Man, people could get crazy. They just get downright crazy. They win a touchdown and you'd think that they became king and, or won the lottery, you know. It's, they just go all out crazy. And the thing about it is, that's all right. You know, that's just having fun. 
but all the more to just see the glory of God and see the reality of who he is and who we are and what he's given us, oh man, you know, it's, it, it is exciting. It's just, it's just invigorating what God has in store for us. Okay, so uh, the prayer of thanksgiving and worship. Um, the number four is the prayer of intercession. So I'm gonna turn to 1 Timothy chapter two. Okay. First Timothy chapter two. And um, verses one through four. And Paul says, therefore I exert first, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So this is a very important passage here because what this is doing is letting God take the reins of what's happening in the world today and realizing that he's greater than the forces that look so ominous, that look like, you know, justice is... Nowhere to be seen. Corruption is having its way. Wait. Just wait. You just wait. God shows the truth. It comes out. The truth always comes out and it prevails. It's a matter of time. In the meantime, we need to pray for those that we can see, you know, with the evidence that's shown that they're corrupt and they've, uh, you know, they're wicked. We need to pray for them that God would judge them, and in that judgment, that they would come to a place of repentance. They would come to a place of humility and turn to the Lord. So the prayer of intercession for all those in authority. So intercessory prayer is prayer for another person or persons or a group of people, a body of people, and the, and the nation. You know, um, intercessory prayer, even over, over your church, where you go to church. It's, it's important that we look beyond our own needs and let God use our lips to speak forth prayer and, and power from that prayer in the lives of other people. And there are people that I think are very gifted in intercessory prayer because they're sensitive and they can kind of see what's going on and, and so they can pray over situations. They don't gossip over situations. They take them to the Lord in prayer. And there is really a ministry there. So uh, the prayer of intercession, I, I could go on and on about that. But I would say uh, just one other point I'd make about it is that, that that's a prayer that really has a lot of passion to it, I think. You know what I mean? It just, it's very deep. It's, um, uh, you're, you're praying over other people's lives. You're warring is what you're doing. And, and what an honor to be able to do that. So the prayer of intercession. Number five is the prayer of consecration. And I'm gonna turn back again here to uh, the Old Testament, to 1 Samuel. 
And this is just an awesome story. I'm sure everybody's familiar with it, but uh, I just love this story because it just shows, it shows the character and the nature of God. So I'm gonna, it, the whole chapter of, of the, uh, the book of 1 Samuel, the first chapter, the whole chapter is the story. So I don't have time to read every verse here. So let me just paraphrase what happens. We've got this man named uh, Elkanah, and he has two wives. The, wife, the one wife was Hannah, and then he had another wife. So um, basically, uh, Hannah was not able to have children, and this grieved her. It really grieved her. It wasn't a mild thing to her. It, it, she was very distraught about this. In verse eight, Elkanah said, you know, Hannah, why do you weep? And why don't you eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? So this, this guy really loved his wife and showed his wife a lot of love, which is awesome, but she was still hurting. She didn't have children and she really wanted to have children. So it says in verse, uh, let's see here. In verse 11, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. That was the sign of a Nazarene, somebody that's consecrated to God, just like Samson was. No razor was supposed to go to his head. So this is what she said. And then Eli, the high priest there, misunderstood what she was doing. She was apparently in so much distress as she was praying that she must have looked a little drunk, you know, basically is what he said. And she's like, no, no, I'm not drunk here. I'm just presenting my stuff before the Lord and believing God. And so then he basically said, oh, okay. Well, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and she ate and her face was no longer sad. You know what that tells me? When she prayed this and made this vow, she did it in faith. She was no longer sad. Well, she didn't have a child yet, but she believed faith. So anyway, in verse 20, it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son called his name Samuel, and saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. So it goes through the rest of the chapter, and it talks about how when Samuel was weaned, and then he was four years old, she basically said, here, Lord, he's in your service now. And she, well, it says here that she lent him to the Lord. Isn't that an interesting way to put it? I'll just let you borrow him, Lord. He lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So, so they worshiped the Lord there. And then it goes on through, uh, through the next chapter to explain that Hannah was able to have more children after that. God blessed her. What an awesome thing. This, this story is so good because it shows the reality of what we face. You know, the, the deepest, darkest, hurtful things that just, they can scar us, you know? Those things God cares about. And the answer to those deep hurts, those, those deep things, is to go to him in faith. And he will bring you through. 
Now, we've got to get rid of the McDonald's drive through mentality. We're, we're so used to having it right now, and if we don't have it now, well, what's the matter, you know? I should have it now. Burger King says I should have it my way, so come on. And, you know, uh, we're used to that, and really that's not the way God works. God works much like the farmers work. They put the uh, seed in the soil. Can you imagine a farmer going out there, you know, the next day, looking down at the soil, okay, come on, come on, where are you at? I planted you yesterday, for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, so it takes time, and it takes patience, and it takes faith, and that's how God works. And, <laughs> and in the meantime, you don't have to be wringing your hands, you can have peace because you're trusting the Lord and you're giving thanks to God and presenting your petitions before him with thanksgiving. And that's, that's the pattern right there. So I, I just love that story. I, can, uh, I could go more about it, but I need to move along. So the next point is the prayer of faith in James chapter five. And this is a biggie right here, the prayer of faith. I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's huge. Very important. All right, so James chapter 5. Okay, chapter 5 and verses 15 and 16. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses or your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Did you hear that last part? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, which means it makes a big difference. And when, when you're fervent with God, you know, there's something about that. When, when you get real with God and grab hold of the horns of the altar, there, there's, you know, the devil goes, uh-oh, something's going to happen here. He really does. So the prayer of faith, any type of prayer needs to be a prayer of faith. But there are times that there's a special or significant need that requires the prayer of faith. So I want to exhort you tonight as we're talking about prayer, understand that God has made you a warrior. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, how strong you are, or how not strong you are. It has nothing to do with you and your strength. God has made you a warrior to war in the spirit. Because we don't, you know, our battle isn't against flesh and blood. I mean, you know, there's been flesh and blood battles since the beginning of time. God is not in the flesh and blood battles. He's in the spirit. And that's where we win, is in the spirit. And I want to say, let God know when you're praying, let God know that you mean business. And I tell you what, let the devil know that you mean business. That's important. Your posture and, and not just your physical posture, but I, I would say that too. But you know, there's, uh, when you're familiar with someone, like you're familiar with your spouse, there's a lot of times you don't have to say a word. You can just see the posture and understand, you know, oh, okay, that's what they're thinking, or this is, you know, 
what's happening right now, um, or just you know a raising of an eyebrow, or you know the the appearance. Uh, there's lots of ways to communicate, and so you know when when you're caught up with the spirit of God. Um, your posture, your disposition, maybe I want to say it that way, your disposition says something. And I, I just, I refer to this a lot just because it, it just helped me out so much. And I'll, I'll just uh, kind of briefly touch on it. When I was healed in my back in 2014, nine years ago, it was a dramatic thing and, a, and a, it was an awesome thing. I don't want to focus on that though. What I want to focus on is afterwards, the, the truths that the Holy Spirit imparted to me. And it's, it's like, I, I could see that I won a battle. There was a battle and I won. And it's like, okay, well, let's break this down. How did you do that, Lord? And the Lord imparted in my heart that uh, when I was, um, oh, let's see, where did that thought go? Bear with me. I was gonna say something about that. Um, Yo, I remember what I was going to say. Okay, so I could see myself, you know, just standing here. I could see God coming to me with a gift, a wrapped gift, you know, just like it's Christmas time. God coming toward me, you know, kind of with a smile on his face, and here you go, son. This is my gift to you. This is for you. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And I reach out to grab it, and out of nowhere, from the side, the devil comes. I mean, just whoo, comes in and snatches that thing away. And now he's got it. And, you know, at first you're like, oh, you know, you're kind of pulls the rug out from underneath of you. And, and, and so I, I saw myself like, oh, I lost the gift, you know, and God just stood there. He didn't say anything, he just stood there. And then I realized, wait a minute, that doesn't belong to him, God gave it to me. And God's waiting for me to take that gift away from him because it's not his. And so I saw myself, you know, just like this movie's playing, I saw myself walking over and snatching it, you know, just mm, violently from the devil. And, and it's like, I'll have that because the Lord has given this to me and not you. And, and then the devil, of course, didn't just go, well, okay. No, he didn't do that. He said, well, who do you think you are? Well, just yesterday you did such and such, and you know you can't. You don't have much faith. And, well, the other day you, you did this, and then you did this wrong. And who do you think you are? You can't have this kind of stuff. You don't have that kind of faith, you know, and, and just yakking on and on, and then, you know, you don't have to listen to that. You don't have to, you can turn it off. You can say, in Jesus' name, shut up. I have the Spirit of God inside of me, and whatever he's given me is mine, and I'm gonna take it, and you will not take it from me. And that's what I talk about, just a disposition of firmness. And I mean what I say, and I'm not gonna accept anything less. When you do that, Satan has nowhere to go except out. Reminds me of the story of Smith Wigglesworth when 
he got on a, uh, this is years ago, this has been a long time ago that he was alive, but he got ready to get on a city bus and there was other people there with him. There was this lady there that her dog had followed her to the bus stop. And so she was saying, now, now Buster, you need to go on home. Good doggy, you know, you need to go home. Go home, girl, come on, go home. And of course the dog's just there wagging his tail, you know, he's not going home. And so she kept imploring the dog to go home. Well, now the bus is starting to come down the street. So the woman says, now you need to go home. Go home, Buster, go, go, go. Well, the dog is still not leaving. You know, it's still just probably panting, you know, wagging its tail. And when the bus gets up to the point where she's gonna have to get on it, she goes, get it! Just like, sorry, that probably was too loud. <laughs> anyway. She, she told him to get, and zoom, Buster took off, man. You know why? Because he knew that she meant it then. You know, before, she was just kind of toying around. Now, come on, you know. But when she really meant it, away he went. And that's exactly how it is with the devil. I'm telling you, he don't have nothing. We're going to look on him someday, and we're going to say, is this the one that tormented the nations? Really? Oh my gosh, I wish I could do some things over, you know. So anyway, I, I just want to exhort you, to, you are a prayer warrior. You have power inside of you. And the devil is afraid of that, and he's going to do everything he can to talk you out of it. And so don't let him do it. Take the word, see what it says about you, and then say, I agree with this. I don't agree with how I feel or with what the devil's saying. I agree with this, and so this is me because God has given it to me. All right, so out of time. Wow, I didn't get through with uh, what I wanted to share with everything else, but uh, uh, <laughs> which is uh, kind of a bummer because the last one was the best one. <laughs> um, so the last one, I was going to get into praying in the Holy Spirit and the Spirit praying through us, praying with tongues, how important that is and, and what that does because, you know, we have a mind, so we pray, you know, in our language, in our English language, through our minds, but there comes a point where we don't really know what else to say about that, right? But if we pray in the Holy Spirit, then, then we can let the Holy Spirit pray through us and it passes our understanding. We're not understanding what we're saying, but the Holy Spirit understands because he's praying through us. And I think probably everybody would know that, but um, why, don't, why don't you just all go ahead and stand up right now and we'll just, uh, I'll just bring this to a close here. Um, because I do wanna make this point, you know, just in conclusion. So, you know, you don't have to speak in tongues. You get to speak in tongues. It, it's a glorious thing that God's provided. And, and yeah, to the, if you're gonna try to be reasoning about it or make it make sense in your brain, well, it won't because it's not a brain thing. It's not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. And I've got several passages that I, that I was planning on going through that talk about 
you know, starting in, in Acts chapter two and verse four, how they were all gathered together. They're all Christians, and they gathered together, and uh, they were saved, but something else happened. They got filled with the Holy Ghost, and then what happened? Well, they start speaking in tongues because the Holy Spirit was praying right through them. And then what happened after that was amazing. Peter, you know, the, the goof up guy that always was putting his foot in his mouth, he's the guy that went out and got 3,000 people saved. And this is before microphones and speakers. I mean, you know what I mean? This is back in the old days. Uh, you know, awesome things. So, um, Okay, let's go ahead and just bow our heads, close our eyes, and I do want to bring an invitation to anybody that hasn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit and uh, make that a possibility, an opportunity for you tonight uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, as it says in Acts chapter two, and have the evidence of that, of speaking in tongues. So with nobody looking around, um, is there anybody here tonight that would like to experience that? Anybody that hasn't experienced that that would like to? It's, it's nothing that's you know, arduous, it's, uh, it's just a matter of surrendering to the Holy Spirit. It's, it's as simple as that. So is there anybody here? All right, well praise God. I think we're all good, but I wanna say if there is somebody here, certainly uh, take that opportunity and, and go to the Lord, because it's a gift that he wants to give you to bless you and enrich your life. <sighs> Hallelujah, praise God. Well, Lord, we just come before you tonight and we just wanna thank you, God, that you are an awesome God. You're faithful and true and Lord, you've given us so much. And Lord, I just pray that uh, the message I've given tonight in regard to prayer will really resonate in, in the hearts and the minds of everybody here. I pray, Lord, that we will be able to see ourselves as prayer warriors and, and step into the place that you want us to be in our prayer lives, Lord, where we're just honest and open with you and we have a real relationship Lord that, is, that keeps building and growing and that our prayers become effective Lord as we become more and more fervent Lord in, in, the, in the prayers that we pray so Lord I just thank you God for all that you've given us all the gifts we've got all the things the tools you've given us Lord to make it and not just barely make it but to just thrive Hallelujah. So we give you all the praise, Lord. God, you're so good. We just want to take a moment. Let's do that, you guys. Just take a moment and reflect on the goodness of God. He loves you so much. He just loves you. <laughs> praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your great love. It's all because of your love, Lord. Everything else stems from that, Lord. We thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding, God. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, God, and we praise you. Praise God. Isn't he good? He's awesome. Hallelujah. Amen.